Come on, church alive. Give the Lord a hand. You know, I think it's important to know that you don't just declare the news. You don't just declare what's been or what happened. Actually, God's promises many times came in actual seasons of far worse than you and I have seen over this last four months. Children of Israel many times were in absolutely dire straits, but He would ask them and He would give them a promise and then He would get them to say what He said. Come on, can you say, say what He said? Come on, someone say, I'm blessed. Someone say, I'm favored. Someone say, I got it going on. Come on, say, I got it going on, even with my mask. <laughs> Come on. Come on, let's pray together. Let's believe that this time is going to be impacting and those online believing wherever you are, whether that's on a phone, a computer, a TV, that's going to impact you and speak to you where you need it. So let's join our faith together and believe. Father, I thank you so much. I thank you so much for every man, every woman, every family represented watching. Holy Spirit, I am aware that you know every need. And I just thank you, God, that you are so good. I thank you, Father, that in night seasons you're good, and in sunshine you're good. And Lord, in spring you're good, in winter you're good. I thank you. I thank you, God. I thank you, God. God, we thank you. Sense your spirit right now. I thank you. Thank you, God. Maybe some of you just need to just thank Him, even because it hasn't been that good, but you're going to thank Him anyway. Come on, can we take a moment and just thank Him? Thank you, Jesus. The Spirit of God is going to release some heaviness oh, in here you, as you begin to thank Him by faith. Doesn't thank mean everything's you, been going right. But thank Him for what you got. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Come on. Come on, can we sing it again? Spirit of God, breathe across this place. Come on, declare it.
you can grab your seat. Thank you. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Steve Rosick, for an incredible message there. Wasn't that good? Come on, give Steve a hand. Well, we've been in a series called Riptides in our church. In the first week, we talked about the riptide of offense. Jesus spoke about this in Matthew chapter 24 and when Jesus prophesied. It is amazing that as Jesus prophesied the future and as he began to foretell what would happen before he came back, that you and I very easily see ourselves within that context. Then last week, we talked about the danger really of being a sandcastle king someone building your life like at the shore that you would spend all of your energy and all of your time building and all of your effort and all of your gifting, either just building for you or for the temporary when God has asked you to actually build for the eternal. But I want to talk to you along this thought today, there's more in you. There's more in you. Can you turn to the neighbor and say, there's more in you? Come on, turn to the other one you ignored and say, there's more in you. Hebrews chapter 12, this is our text. Hebrews 12 verse 1 says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded, someone say surrounded, by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. About eight years ago, uh, I did a triathlon. And I'm not a triathlon person as a whole. I did a couple of them. And I chose the shortest one. I was like, that sounds cool. I went for a run, a 5K. I did one of those 5K, you know, fun runs. And I went with a buddy of mine. And he was like, man, you're pretty good at running. Why don't you go in a triathlon? I was like, nah. And then I started thinking about it more often. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Let's, let's try. And uh, so I'd kind of been tentatively training for it, like riding some bikes, then, then swimming and then running. And then all of a sudden, I finally decided like seven weeks before the triathlon event, I'm like, all right, I'm in. I signed up. I spent the money. How many know seven weeks out, now you're committed? So it didn't matter if I didn't want to train at that point, I'm training. I am a competitive person. My wife will tell you that if we're playing mixed volleyball, I want to win. Okay, so if you're not that good, you can sit down. Now, as I've gotten older, I've gotten a little more gracious, but let's be honest, I still want to win on the inside. I might be smiling on the outside, but I'm crying on the inside that you're on my team if you can't play. Anyway, you know, let's go. Come on, let's have some fun in the house of God. And anyway, so I'm competitive and and I'm, I'm wanting to win. And the night before the event, I was pumped about the event so much so that I didn't get any sleep. I got four hours sleep. And so it was, it was what was called a vice versa triathlon, which is the backwards version. You literally, you run first, and then you bike, and then you swim. And so I'm pumping, I'm going, and I'm running, and then I'm biking. And, um, and then I swim. Unfortunately, about 100 meters into the swim, my hamstrings begin to say, you haven't been training enough. Have you ever had that feeling before? Like I was swimming and my hammies, I'm like, oh no, they're about to cramp. Well, that's bad if you're in the ocean. So I'm trying to swim and I realized I had to shut down literally my legs and just basically wiggle my toes a little bit. And I had to mainly do it all with my arms, which is not a good idea. 
So luckily it was, I chose the shorter version of the swim, which was only 400 meters and I catch a wave in and the, 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 the finish line is about 40 meters basically from once you get out of the shore and my wife being a good supportive wife is there with another friend They're like yay you're finishing yay like this right like she sees me and I'm coming in unfortunately because my hammy's about to tighten up there's the finish line 40 meters away I come out of the water and all of a sudden well they didn't they went from about to tighten up to cramping so I'm like this, the last 40 meters, I'm like, hey, 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 like, it was very bizarre. She was like, you're finishing. And I literally, I think I almost pushed her away. I'm like, get me water. And she was like, I just wanted a hug. I just, I just wanted to make you feel special. You know what I'm saying? And, and, and I'm, I'm cramping. And I started to think about that regarding us in 2020. And I feel like 2020 has kind of been like a triathlon event that you didn't sign up for, <laughs> that you didn't train for, <laughs> and you were kind of doing live, like, oh, this is fun. And then, and then COVID hit, and they're like, guess what? Stay in your home for like two weeks. And you're like, okay, I can do two weeks. And then two weeks later, I'd stay another two weeks. Like, okay, I'll stay another two weeks. And then that ended and like, oh, this is going to be another month. And you're like, oh, I didn't train for this. I didn't, like, I'm not ready for this. And then social unrest happened and you and I are running out of the water going, what happened to 2020? <laughs> and our hamstrings are cramping because we weren't ready. <laughs> None of us were ready. Are you with me? So I want to say to you today, first of all, if you are feeling sometimes scared, if you are sometimes feeling maybe a little down, a little depressed, a little like I was talking to my wife yesterday, we went on a date night, and um, she was like, I'm just done with humanity. <laughs> Not anymore. Some things are private, some things are open, some things shouldn't be said. But what is she really saying? Because there's some things that, because here's the deal, sometimes you watch social media and you watch the media, and what does the media do? They show you the most extreme thing happening in society. So the most extreme thing is the most disappointing thing, and the most ridiculous thing, and then just the most perverted thing, and he's like, I'm just done with people. Lord, take us away. Rapture, let's go. Okay, the second coming of Christ, you've heard about it. Okay, now we're praying for it. Because 2020, we're done already, okay? Our muscles are cramping. And I just want to tell you today and encourage you today that, that if you feel like your muscles are cramping and you feel like you're walking out of the water, that just says you're human. It literally just says you're human and it's okay. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 says this, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. I want to empathize for a moment before I stir you on to something bigger and better. I understand and we understand. And how many of you know this has been a strange, weird year? And maybe if you're feeling a certain way, I want to tell you that God understands. 
He says, I empathize with our weakness, but we have one who's been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with what? With what? Confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus was is God and was God, but he steps out of his deity into humanity so that he can actually connect to you and I's humanity. So actually Jesus feels your pain. Jesus connects with sometimes your struggle. What I've noticed with the Bible is that, that, that God doesn't normally come down to people and just go, you pathetic loser, why are you worrying? Gideon is in a cave and he's scared and, and the angel doesn't come over. Gideon, what a loser you are. Gabriel, come here. Look at what a loser Gideon is. No, but he sees his humanity because his situation was far worse than you and I's situation. They are literally tearing apart their whole country. But the angel of God comes along and begins to talk to him out of his circumstance. He begins to say that you can do it. There is more in you. That God has put more in you. And I want to encourage someone today online or in person. God has put more in you. In Jesus' name. God expects you and I to fear sometimes. To fear, to worry, to be anxious sometimes. It's actually human. But God gives us instruction how to get out of it. When I was growing up, I used to... I used to buy numerous different cereals, and this cereal I don't believe is in America. It's called Nutrigrain. Nutrigrain was one of my favorites. Nutrigrain, um, it's funny, they, on the back of it, there used to be all this triathlon information. And isn't it funny, the fake marketers, they sit there and go, they put an athlete on a cereal and assume that he got there because he ate this sugary substance in the morning. Really? LeBron came like that because he's eating co-puffs? Are you sure? But anyway, Nutrigrain was kind of the one that was like, we, we build triathlons. But on the back cover of Nutrigrain box was how to discern and see a rip, a current, a riptide, and then it was how to get out of it. And what I've noticed is that you and I need God's instruction because God does not just say, listen, I know you're going to fear, but he gives us an instruction on how to get out of fear. He actually expects you to fear sometimes, be anxious sometimes. He expects you sometimes to worry, but then he says, don't do it. But then how do you not do it where you're going to have to fix your mind on that thing which is good and excellent and love, love, love worthy? And you're going to have to pray. And you're going to have to worship. And you're going to have to be more aware of me than your own problems. Come on. Am I preaching to anyone? Have you ever been scared before? I remember I was 10 years old, somewhere in that zone. I went to my first Easter show. The Easter show is basically like going down to Wildwood and there's all those roller coasters and there's games that they trick you. They take your money and you can't win. So that was the Easter show. And I remember as a 10-year-old, we went on to a game. It was called Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, which could have been a good warning. This is going to be scary. You went on those little cars. And as a 10-year-old, I was pumped. I'm like, oh my gosh, that was so exciting. I was pumped. 
I went on it. I got off. I was like, that was the best ride ever. Me and my brother and my sister were like, yeah, let's do it again. I was excited. I was excited. Isn't it funny, though, that you have what is an excitable experience or a weird experience, but then later at night, that excitable experience seems to come back in a different form. I was 10. I woke up in the middle of the night. It's about 12 o'clock or so. I remember looking down my hallway. And I was like, oh, what's down the hallway? And there was an art painting down the hallway. But for some reason, that art painting started to move. I, was like, I started to get scared. And the Indiana Jones, some of those pictures and imagery start coming back. I'm like, oh, no, it's here. It's coming for me. And I remember leaning over and I stared at something different. The problem was I had a, you know, ever seen a hat rack? Well, my hat rack had a hat. It had a shirt and it had shoes down next to it. So I was looking at this picture and then I remember looking at the hat rack. And he started seeming very real. And I remember putting the the, the blanket over my head because they'll never see you coming. Have you ever been scared before? Like, that's it. I'm not even going to see it. I won't go into the rest of that part of that story, but I started to scream. Mommy! Daddy! And I think it was my mom that came that night. She said, honey, honey, what's wrong? I'm like, God, dream, had a nightmare, and so forth. And what did my parents do? They didn't come along and say, you pathetic loser. I can't even believe that you got scared. They're like, don't worry. It's all good. It's okay. Why? Because I'm here. And I feel like that's what the Father does to you and to me. He literally says, sometimes you have fears that are actually legitimate, but many times your fears actually are not legitimate. But they can play tricks on you and play games on you, can't they? And they can literally be perceived as worse. But here's what I've noticed about fear is that everything looks worse when you've got a heart of fear. Facts are distorted. Facts are distorted when you're afraid. Because even if you were to get cancer or COVID-19, how many know that one of the best things you can do is not be afraid because fear causes stress and stress actually makes your body worse. See, when you're going through a hard time, it isn't nonsense to tell someone to have faith. Actually, the best thing that you can do is say, listen, you need to be positive during this time. Are you with me? Isaiah chapter 43 verse 1 says, But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, don't you wish it said, when I escape you from every challenge you've ever had? But it doesn't. It says, when you pass through the rivers, I just think the best thing when you're going through a river is keep going. They will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, here's good advice. Keep walking. But it says you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God. I am the Holy One of Israel. Over and over again in the Scripture, the Bible says, do not be afraid. But it actually not just in in perilous times, but in actually times of faith. In the Bible, in the book of Daniel, they were told 
not to pray. And what did they do? They prayed. They were told to bow down and worship a certain idol. But what did they not do? They did not bow down to that idol. You know, in California today, the governor recently in the last couple of weeks literally said, don't even do home church. I just want to say to you, we are a house of honor. We are a house that honors authority, but we do not honor authority above the commands of God. We do not obey the governmental authorities over God. God is God. You know, in the book of Acts, they said, stop talking about Jesus. Are you glad they, they didn't stop talking about Jesus? If they stopped talking about Jesus, you wouldn't be here. That means sometimes when someone says, stop talking about Jesus, now maybe you need to do it in a slightly different way, and maybe they're not ready to hear what you've got to say right now. But you and I cannot not talk about Jesus. We cannot not invite people to church. Why? Because there's some things that are more important than even our physical bodies. It is our eternal spirit. The church is essential. The church is essential. We didn't need Donald Trump to tell us that, but I thank God he did. Come on, the church is essential. Shout out to my boy Albert for making me this shirt. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 5 and 6 says, My son, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. And do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves, and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. I went for a bike ride the other day with my daughters. One of them's five and one of them's nine. We go down about five or so blocks. There's this little forest area they like to go to, and uh, they jump around on these little cut-off pieces of stumps basically and we play this little game then we walk around this little forest area and then the nice thing about the walk and the ride is that it's downhill on the way down which always means Hopi said to me the other day she's like daddy I only want to go downhill which is a challenge in a bike because if you go downhill how many you know you have to go uphill on the way back so we go downhill on the, and it's very easy on the way there but on the way back it's always a challenge and so um, the other day she's 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 like, Daddy, like, push me, and we're going up the hill. It's not a big hill, but she's five, so I get it. And uh, so sometimes I have to hold her handlebars as I'm riding my bike. But then I notice what she does sometimes is sometimes she literally stops pedaling, and she just lets me drag her. And I look over, and I'm like, hey, stop doing that. You're being lazy. And I'm not being a bad dad telling her she's being lazy. And my daughter, who's nine, who's actually a very athletic kid, she sometimes will stop and say, Daddy, I need to stop. I need a water break. I'm like, we're two minutes from home. Suck it up. Let's go. I'm not here to create pansies, but champions. Come on. What am I really saying to my daughters? I'm saying there is more in you. Just because you're experiencing a little discomfort that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. It's actually a good thing that will develop in you strength, that will develop in you patience, that will develop in you faith. Am I being a jerk? Hopefully not. But what am I really saying? I'm saying there's more in you. See, some of you in this time, you might have 
kind of feel like fear and anxiousness and worry has kind of drifted you away from really where you should be swimming, which is the place of faith. But others, others of you, you've enjoyed the siesta. You've enjoyed the siesta of online church and you're like, oh my gosh, I can be at the beach. I can watch it on my computer. I can watch it later as I'm, as I'm sipping my ties. I don't know. Like, I don't know what your church online experience has been, but I know people that most of them don't need encouragement to take more relaxation. I meet some people and you're like, settle down, man. Occasionally, there's probably 5% of the crowd. You need to tell them, take a day off. 10% maybe. There's others who are like, listen, do you ever not work? But there's other people. They need a little more encouragement the other way, don't they? We don't, Netflix's stock hasn't just boomed because we're such amazing hard workers. I mean, it is a cultural thing to sit there and watch 12 shows in a row. What'd you do all day? Well, <laughs> you know, caught up on The Office all eight seasons. You're like, that's almost impossible. You're like, yeah, I'm pretty good. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12 tells us this, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. I want to tell you today that you can fall in love too much with the lazy boy chair of your Christian life. You can fall in love too much with the siesta kind of mentality in your Christian life. But I want to tell you there is a race God has called you to run. And no one else can run it for you. And it's not a walk. And then it's not a light down experience. And then another walk. And it, it means, here's what I know about it. If it's a run, it means it causes sweat. It means it actually takes endurance. And he says this. Listen to it again. He says, let us throw off everything that hinders. And, it's, and then it says, and then the sin that so easily entangles. So it's not always the sin that hinders. It's just mindsets that actually become like heavy jackets and you're trying to run and you're wondering why you're sweating so much and you're like, oh my gosh, this is just so hard. Can I encourage you? Can I stir you today? I believe there is more in you. Let me say that again for those online. Listen, I believe there is more in you. I believe there is more in you. I believe there is more in you. Listen, God comes alongside us in the race of life and He says, listen, run with perseverance, which means don't quit in your faith. Don't quit serving. Don't quit giving. Don't quit praying. Am I preaching to anyone? I, I, I just, my legs are sore right now. I know. It's been a weird season. This was the triathlon we never trained for. But here's the thing. Why do you think God was telling you last year, get in the house of God, build your faith, build your faith, build your faith, build your faith, build your faith. You're going to need it. You're going to need it. You're going to need it. Why do you think he was encouraging you all this time that you've got to run the race with perseverance and you need to build your faith? Because I don't need strong faith in easy times. I need strong faith in hard times. 
I need strong faith. You need strong faith in hard times. Be wary of a lazy spirit. Be wary of a let's do the least spirit. I heard a, a story recently. I was talking to one of the young girls in her church, and she works at a, um, a restaurant. And uh, the restaurant was like, hey, guys, we need, you know, the waitresses to come back. And literally all her friends, and I get it, especially because of the age of the people that they're talking to. They're like, they're, they're in their young 20s. They're in their, their late teens. But here's the deal. Because the government gave them $600 above regular in, uh, unemployment check, how many know they weren't as motivated to go back to their job because they'd actually make less money and do more work? Because it sounds so alluring, doesn't it? Oh my gosh, they're giving me $600 over my regular pay, so I didn't even need to go to work. And if they want me to come back, I don't want to come. What looks like a blessing sometimes isn't always a blessing. What looks like a blessing every time isn't always a blessing if it cultivates a lazy spirit in you. If it cultivates a handout spirit in you. Be careful of everyone who's trying to give you something. What do they want from you? Be careful of that. You are to be self-sufficient. You are to work your own gift. You are to work your own time. You know, the first time I ever went to Africa, I went to Madagascar. And yes, I like to move it, move it. But I went to Madagascar and it was the sixth poorest nation in the world at that time. And it was, you know, I'm from Australia, live in America, so I've really only ever been around the first world problems. Like first world problems are a little bit different. So when I went there, my heart kind of really broke for those young kids. And they're running up to you like, oh, can I have some money? Can I, like, I just give them everything. I'm like, here, here's $5, $10, take my watch. I mean, I, I was just, I gave my suitcase to them. When I came back, my wife's like, where's your suitcase? Yeah, it didn't make it. Nice, she, she was like, those nice shoes were in there. I, I'm like, I know. Why? Because when you see sometimes need, sometimes your heart goes, yes. And I was shocked that when Yesi Potom's wife, Monica, said to me, now she lives in India from Canada. I was surprised when she said to me, you know, in 25 years of doing ministry, she said, I have never found it good just giving people money. I'm like, but, but, but I mean, I got to give it to them. I got to give me my watch, give me my shoes. Here's my undies. Actually, no, I'll keep those. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? Like, because my compassion went, yes, I have to give it to you. But sometimes what seems actually compassionate becomes crippling. Because the person doesn't take responsibility for their own life. Am I preaching to anyone today? We need more people to take responsibility for their own lives, their own families, and then in the house of God. What are you, what are you bringing to the house of God? What are you bringing to the house of God? Listen to what the Scripture goes on to say, Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews 12 verse 12 says this, Therefore strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. I found this interesting. He talks about running the race and then he talks about discipline and God loves us and He actually disciplines us. But then he says this interesting line. He says, Therefore strengthen your feeble arms and your weak knees. Make level paths for your feet so that the lame, watch this now, may not be disabled but rather healed. Do you know what happens to our faith sometimes when we allow it to be too lazy? It goes from lame 
which is limping to disabled to cannot move. But God wants you to go from lame if it's lame to healed, which means I must apply action to my faith. I must apply perseverance to my faith. I must apply a, a cannot quit spirit to my faith. Come on, I, am I preaching to anyone? Perseverance is needed in this season. We must reject fear, but we must also reject apathy. Perseverance is needed. Let me take you back just for a second to my cramping story. I came up out of the water and I'm like, Here's the funny thing. If you feel like your perseverance is hindered right now, cramping right now, I don't believe you have to evaluate your perseverance. When I was cramping, I don't need to say, Anthony, I need more perseverance. What I actually need to evaluate is my diet, is my training, is my water intake, and is my rest. So let me ask you a question, those online and those in the space right now. If you feel like your perseverance, if you feel like you don't want to serve Jesus anymore, stop evaluating. You don't need to evaluate your perseverance. You need to evaluate your nutrition. You must evaluate your nutrition. Why? When David shows up to the battle for 40 days, morning and nighttime, Goliath is preaching fear to them. And David shows up and he has a completely different spirit. So let me say this. What if for the next 40 days you shut off everything else? You shut off social media. You shut off news. Don't worry. It'll be negative for the next 40 days. Don't worry. They'll tell you whatever it is. See, facts are different when it's filtered with faith or filtered with the spirit of fear. What if you shut it off? Because maybe your perseverance is waning. Maybe your, your can-do spirit is waning. And I just want to encourage our church, come on, can we feed our soul in the next 40 days? Can we morning eat, eat some Scripture and night eat some hope so that we come out in the next 40 days? Maybe it looks a little bit different and maybe you can finish the race like you've been training for a while, like you're in better condition, right? Because it's not your perseverance that perhaps is a problem. It is your nutrition that is a problem. How can I think of a more timely word? If you're in fear, get out of fear. If you're feeling apathetic, if you're feeling your perseverance is failing, evaluate your diet. And I mean this diet. What you put in here will affect your perseverance. Come on all across this place, would you close your eyes? Those online, close your eyes. This is an important moment in the life of our church. Father, I thank you right now in the name of Jesus for every person watching, those sitting here on, in, in service in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, you know the word you've given me and I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just begin to breathe on it. Breathe on it a fresh life. Breathe on it tomorrow morning. Breathe on your people so that they might come out of this season stronger, better, more full of faith, more full of wisdom, more full of perseverance than ever before. 
Strengthen them, I pray. Strengthen them, I pray. Strengthen them, I pray. No one moving around this moment. There's some of you today. Maybe you said yes to Jesus 10 years ago. You started running and you got lured by temptation. And you need to come back to Him in right relationship with Him. Others of you online today or in in the building today, you may have never said yes to the person of Christ. He died for you. He loves you. He literally shed His blood for you so that you would be forgiven. He, he didn't just stay on a, on, a, on, a, on a cross. He rose from the dead, defeating death, sin, and hell. He will come back one day. He invites you to receive the most incredible gift that is the gift of everlasting life. He wants to call you a son and a daughter. He, he paid for it all. He's asking you to simply turn to Him and trust in Him in a moment of faith but to live a life of faith. All across this place, those watching online, I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm going to ask you to pray that prayer out loud with me. And if you're coming to Christ for the first time or need to come back to Christ, you know who you are. The Holy Spirit will let you know. We're going to pray together. Come on, pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for loving me so much to give your best I ask you to come into my life be my Lord be my Savior be my very best friend those of you who prayed that prayer in this room or online would you let me know by slipping up your hand all across this place Anyone here today saying yes to Jesus for the first time? Anyone here in this place saying, coming back to Christ in this place? Those online, I I want you to, we're going to give you some details after this, but that's an important, important moment. Father, I pray for every person, every person watching, those in this auditorium right now. In Jesus' name, let there be a true moving of the Spirit of the living God here right now. In Jesus' name. Come on, all God's people. Come on, can we give the Lord a hand in the house of God? Come on. Hey, that is awesome. Can we give it up one more time just for everyone who made a decision to follow Jesus today? Yeah. We believe that that is the most important decision you can ever make, so we're so excited for you. We want to give you this free resource, Following Jesus. So if you're in person, right after service, you can get it at our Next Steps area. If you're online right now, text CONNECT7 to 97000, and we will mail you this free resource. Just make sure you check off Following Jesus. We want to make sure you get this. Um, Hey, also, if you still want to join a Transform group, not in one yet, make sure to do that. And we can't wait to see you guys next Sunday. We're going to register again for services. So if you're coming in person, make sure you register. If you're watching online, make sure you watch with your family, friends. And we can't wait to see you then. See you guys.